know Your ass better call somebody It's me, it's me That K-E-V rolling with Matty D Let's go Let's make some noise up at this biatch Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, DFS DJ Nation proudly brings to you the DFS Tag Team Champions of the World! <laughs> the Contrarian King, Kev, and Maddie D. Let's go. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Suck it. Suck it. <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. Let's go. Anyways, that was awesome. This is the DFS DJ Nation rocking with you again. We are on to week 13. God, I can't believe it. I know. Where has the season gone? Where has the season gone? <sighs> Anyways. In the we toilet are on for to me week 13. I don't know about you guys, but week 12 was a little rough in these streets. But we are a forward-thinking podcast, and we are moving forward with week 13, which what I think is a super interesting week. A lot of great running back plays this week. I think some good wide receiver plays. I think uh, some interesting quarterback plays. So, Maddie, how we living? We're doing good, man. Uh, Thanksgiving was great over here, other minus the the heartbreaking Cowboys loss on Thursday last week in a tough game against the Raiders at home. Um, enjoying the, the Cowboys game right now. Got it on in the background, so... You know, if you say something to me and, and, you know, I don't immediately respond, just throw something at me and, and get my attention that way. Um, but no, I'm, I'm ready for another week. I finally got on, you know, got off a little bit of a cold streak uh, that we had going, like you mentioned, but forward thinking, forward thinking on to the next week here. Um, we may actually, we usually spend a, a lot of time at the quarterback wide receiver position, but I think this week we may spend majority of our time at running back. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe so. And Alexis Rock with us in the chat. I put a bet in on CD Lamp over yards, receptions, both cash. Let's go. Let's that go. is a way to start out the week. That is a good way to start out. A little the week. green in the pocket, Alexis. So, but let's just do it. Let's just jump right in. Let's jump right into the quarterback position. I think this could be a little bit more straightforward. So, Lamar Jackson rocking things off with 7,800. Uh, Kyler Murray sounds like he is going to be back this week at 7,500. Matthew Stafford at 7,300. Tom Brady at 7,200. Jalen Hurts, who is questionable at 7K. Jalen, Justin Herbert, uh, 6,700. Kirk Cousins, 6,500. Russell Wilson at 6,400. Joey Burrow at 6,300. Carson Wentz at 6,100. And Derek Carr at 6K. Maddie, where are we starting? Yeah, so we we briefly touched on this uh, right before we came on air. And there's only five games this week that have a total over 46. And I re- very, very rarely, you know, load up passing stacks that have totals under, you know, that 45, 46 threshold. It just, it takes efficiency to get there. It's usually slower paced games that, you know, you're, you're looking for some sort of outlier to happen, but Vegas knows more than I do uh, for all various reasons. And, and, you know, Vegas totals are the highest correlated um, factor we have for predicting fantasy uh, production at the quarterback position. So, you know, starting with these high total games are is the way to go. We got five of them this week above that 46 threshold. Um, 
First one's Atlanta and, and Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay is favored by 11, uh, 50 and a half total, highest total of the week, tied with Cincy and the Chargers. Um, we, we've said it all year long that, you know, you can play, absolutely play Tom Brady, uh, and you don't need to stack up anybody on the other side. And, and I think people may be uh, a little concerned to play Brady here after playing him two straight weeks or three straight weeks, whatever it's been. Uh, that Bucks passing attack has not been great. I mean, they lost, you know, two games in a row. Uh, and then they came out last week and, and Leonard Fournette with everybody on on Gronk and Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans and those guys. Uh, Fournette broke the slate with four touchdowns and scored almost 50 DraftKings points. So uh, definitely a good week to go back to the Tampa Bay well against Atlanta. Uh, Brady has shredded Atlanta in his career as well. So uh, definitely like them. Uh, the two games that, you know, if you're going to stack up a game, like I said, you don't need to run back anybody on the Atlanta side uh, because Tampa will throw the ball the entire game uh, pretty much, whether they're winning by 30 or not. So um, the two games that I do like from a competitive perspective and Vegas agrees, and that's uh, the Bengals and Chargers. That's a 50 and a half total. So tied with the Tampa Bay total, only a three point spread. And then Washington and Vegas, 49 and a half total, two point spread. So, you know, you've got some cheap QBs in that in that Washington uh, Vegas game. You've got Carr at 6K. You've got Heineke at 5600. Um, and the Heineke one is interesting, especially with McKissick being out, because then a lot of the passing production uh, can funnel, you know, a little bit more down the field than you know just dumping off. And I know, you know, Gibson will soak up some of that McKissick work. Uh, but, you know, I think there may not be as many design screens and, and things like that to the running back. So um, it may make sense to, you know, get more Logan Thomas and, and Terry McLaurin exposure with Heineke. And, and that's a very, very cheap stack this week. So, um, and yeah, we've talked about Washington on the other side of the ball. You know, their defense uh, all year, they're a pass funnel. They're good against the run. So Derek Carr, we just saw him shred Dallas on Thanksgiving. Uh, he's you know, six, only 6K in, in a great spot here. So um, I really like Brady, 7,200 against Atlanta. I really like uh, Derek Carr at 6K. I really like Heineke at 5,600. And then somebody that I think is going to be a leverage play that may go overlooked, and that's Kirk Cousins against Detroit. Because I think everybody is going to play Alexander Madison despite his $7,500 price tag, because if you look at, you know, the, just the volume of, of work that he's gotten, I mean, he's gotten over 30 touches both times that he started this year. So, I mean, his volume and matchup are, are pretty much among the top two to three safest on the slate. And his price isn't absolutely ridiculous either. So uh, with everybody playing that, you know, Kirk Cousins to, to Jefferson and Thielen or Cousins to one of those guys in Conklin is very, very interesting as a leverage play. And, uh, we've seen, you know, popular running backs just bust in, in these very popular spots uh, multiple times this year. And I mean, it, it pains me to say it, but the most recent one is is CMC just last week. So uh, and and that even that can't even be chalked up to injury because he was healthy the first half and he only scored three points in the first half. So it's just gotten NFL has gotten to the point this year where if the field thinks they know something is going to be a slam dunk chances are it's not going to work out that way. I mean, we talked about Tampa Bay passing attack last week, and it was the Leonard Fournette show. We talked about CMC is going to crush his 9K price tag, uh, and the Panthers just pretty much didn't even show up. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup in the highest total games of the week 
you know, he's a pretty much a lock for 25 points every single week and he gets less than 20. Uh, it's just, you know, when you think you know something this year in fantasy, uh, you know, odds are that that there is good leverage to be had. And I think this this Detroit, Minnesota situation with, you know, Dalvin Cook being out uh, and DeAndre Swift, even on the other side, makes a very easy run back with Swift being out, you know, Jamal Williams being the very easy play. So uh, I really like Kirk, the Kirk Cousins stack this week, too. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one, too. I mean, <clears throat> because I think that it's possible that we see Minnesota or excuse me, uh, Detroit keep that game close because Detroit's defense has not been good this year and they have really let them down and allow teams to stay in games or, or get leads in games to really push them. And so if that happens in this game against, you know, against Minnesota, then we very well could see Kirk Cousins really have to throw the ball a lot. Uh, yeah, and I, I actually saw a stat. I can't remember who posted it this week because I follow so many guys in the industry, but somebody posted that Minnesota doesn't have a cornerback rated in the top 80 PFF grade in pass coverage. Uh, that sounds Their corners right. have been horrible. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Um, Walido, thank you, as always, with the Super Chat. Uh, what's up? Uh, I hope you're doing well. Uh, let's uh, hopefully uh, have a better we, week than last we week. We need to get Walido on for a show at some point. He struggled with the the, the player props. So, what what'd you say? I said we need to get Walido on for a show at some point. Yeah. We should do that. Get get him on for one of uh, one of the shows before the season closes out with the boys. Since he's always hanging out and chatting and throwing out good ideas and suggestions and hitting us with super chats, I think we should get him on. Well, you know, hit me on the DMs in the Discord. Which, speaking of our Discord, if you're not already, you can be signed up for absolutely free. I'll leave the link in the description if you're listening to this on podcast to join our absolutely free Discord. Uh, so uh, we got DFS in there. We got Redraft, Dynasty, Debbie, whatever you're into, player props. So uh, it's 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 always it's always a happening place. So if you want to, uh, you know, if you listen to this on the podcast or you know through YouTube, links in the description below, and uh, we'd love to see everybody over there. So for me at quarterback this week, it's going to be kind of uh, straight and narrow. Some of the players you've already talked about: Tom Brady, 7,200. He's averaging 309 passing yards and almost three touchdowns passes per game. We also have the Bucks are second in pass plays per game. Brady also ranks first in red zone attempts, third in deep ball attempts, and first in air yards on the season. As you already mentioned, this is the highest implied point total uh, you know, on this on the slate with three thirty point seven five. Falcons rank twenty sixth against quarterbacks and rank thirtieth in adjusted sack rate on the season. That is an absolute smash spot. We saw him play them earlier in the year. He didn't hit the three hundred mark. He threw for two seventy eight, but threw for five touchdowns. Yep, very much uh, in play. Again, this week, I think it's a good matchup to get this passing attack back on track. And then for me, the next one I think is going to be Justin Herbert at 6,700. Justin Herbert's been very Jekyll and Hyde this year, where he has monster performances in him. I mean, he could put up, he could, he can break the slate every time he's on the field. He has 40 point upside. He also has shown the ability to use his legs. He's seventh in rushing yards and third in red zone carries on the season, but he's also third in pass plays per game. So, high volume passer. Sixth in red zone attempts, sixth in uh, yards, and ninth in fantasy points per dropback on the year. He's also sixth, sixth in deep ball completion percentage. Now, this is a Cincy game that I think that uh, we know Cincinnati is a little bit more slow paced, where the Chargers are faster paced, right? And so um, I think depending on how this game turns out, I think this game could very well be a shootout. Uh, 
And where Cincinnati doesn't really want to, to throw the ball, I think they're like 24th or 25th in pass plays per game. If you let them, they will run the ball all day. So, so Cincinnati, though, I will say this. When you just look at the raw numbers, they're 26th on the season versus quarterbacks uh, and DK points allowed on the season. But over the last five weeks, they they are ranked 12th. And, and and fantasy points allowed, and they've allowed the second most passing uh, yards per game over that stretch as well. So there is, we're starting to see some uh, breaks in that pass defense. So I like Justin Herbert quite a bit at sixty seven hundred, and I don't think he's going to be as highly owned as he probably should be. I think people I can see people go to Joe, Joe Burrow before they go to Herbert, and you know I think people are going to want to get to Lamar Jackson, who's the highest price on the slate, going against a, a, a Pittsburgh defense that is really banged up, that just got absolutely shredded on the ground by the Bengals the week prior. So I like Justin Herbert quite a bit. He has a really high ceiling. And then the other guy you've already talked about, Derek Carr. Absolutely love him at six uh, at 6K. He has a, a pretty decent implied point total as well, 25.75. He's averaging 270 passing yards and almost two touchdowns uh, per game and 20.3 DK points per game at home this season. The Raiders also rank ninth in pass plays per game, seventh in red zone attempts, first at deep ball attempts, which is just wild, wild to me that Derek Carr, because normally that's never been him. He's always been a quarterback that is very uh, mistake, um, not prone, but uh, adverse, where he, you know he does not like to throw the ball deep. He would always just throw it, check it down, you know, captain check down, but he has not been that this year. First in deep balls, seventh in deep ball completion percentage. And he's fifth in air yards and fifth in uh, yards per attempt. So we've seen that kind of change. Now, one interesting fact of this game, though, is going to be Darren Waller because it doesn't sound like Darren Waller is going to play. And I don't know what that does to this offense because they're already missing some other pieces um, in this offense. But uh, regardless, I still think that, you know, this is the way you beat Washington is through the air. Washington allows the most DK points to quarterbacks, and it's not even really close. The next closest uh, to them is a full three DK points per week lower. Than, uh, than them. They've just been uh, abysmal against quarterbacks this year. Over the last five uh, uh, games, they also ranked 26th, so it hasn't really gotten any better. And eighth most passing yards tied for, and, and they are tied for the most touchdowns allowed this year to quarterbacks. So just a great spot for Derek Carr. So I love all three of those quarterbacks. There's going to be the three main guys that I go to. In terms of paying down, I don't mind going over the other side with Taylor Heineke. He's shown the ability to have some sort of upside. He also uses his legs. He is cheaper at 5,600, so I do – I don't mind that call. And I think Tyrod Taylor is interesting against Indy. We've seen Indy really struggle this year against the pass. They've been terrible against the pass. And we've seen quarterbacks like Josh Johnson come in and just throw for 300-plus yards, you know, and multiple touchdowns in less than a – you know, in a less than a, a full uh, four quarters. So this defense could definitely be had. And I think Tyrod makes a little bit of sense if you want to get a little bit different down at 5,300. Uh, 5, so I don't mind that call either if, if people want to go there and really pay down at quarterback because there's some really good pay-up running backs this week. Um, the only other one I, I would mention, I, I do think that uh, Tua is also interesting at 5,500. Uh, he has shown the ability, especially against bad defenses, to really be able to uh, rip them apart. I mean, we've seen games against Jacksonville, Atlanta this year. We put up 25 and 28. And at 5,500, if he can hit something like that, I think then we're in business. And I think it's pretty narrow where he's going to throw the ball. We'll have to see if Devontae Parker will be back this week. He, Devontae Parker is supposed to practice this week. But if he doesn't, you know, him and Jalen Waddle are just have this uh, excellent chemistry going on, great connection. And so it's a pretty narrow uh, where, where the targets go. So it makes it a pretty easy stack to get to. I don't think I would run anything back, though. It's not the thing that on the, the giant side that really stands out to me. 
but I do think Tua this week is is an interesting call, especially against the Giants. The Giants defense has not been very good. James Bradbury's not the same corner that he used to be. And and so this is a very vulnerable defense. Um, and so, you know, if this game can stay a little bit closed, at first it was looking like Daniel Jones wasn't gonna play, but now it's sounding like he may actually play. Uh, because he actually had practice today in a limited capacity. So we'll have to see what happens here with Daniel Jones. Cause if, if not, we could be seeing Mike old long necked linen <laughs> who once upon a time <laughs> Uh, Ryan uh, Williams uh, called out as a preseason sleeper when he was with the Bears. I'll never let him live that down. That's funny. Other than that, you know, I, I would love to play Jimmy Garoppolo. I played him last week, but if they can run the ball, they're going to run the ball. So yeah. they have the weapons. It doesn't sound like Debo Samuel's going to play, but they still have George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. There's enough there, but it's just it's just tough to get to Jimmy Garoppolo because they're just a team that doesn't really want to uh, throw the ball that much. So unless all of a sudden the the Seahawks offense can step up, you know, uh, you know, I and really push the pace here and put and force them to open this offense up and throw the ball a lot. It's just tough to get to Jimmy Garoppolo. So those are kind of the quarterbacks. So obviously, I think you know if you want to play Matt Stafford in a game, they have to get their passing attack back on track because they, they really have been struggling. It is against Jacksonville. Jacksonville, you uh, you beat them through the air. They they have been much better against the ground. But th- those are kind of where I would go. But the main three that I'm that I'm going to be, my core is going to be built around Justin Herbert, Brady, and Derek Carr. Do you have any other quarterbacks you want to hit on? No, I like that. I, I, I You pretty much echo everything that, I, that I'm thinking this week. I mean, I'm only going to have one team probably. So it's going to be tough for me to – to narrow it down to which QB I'm going to end up going with. But, um, you know, Brady, Herbert, Cousins, and Carr, and maybe Heineke, depending on if I need the salary, is going to be, you know, my very short list of QBs. That's where I'm going to uh, – That's I'm going to end up with one of those five. Yeah. Okay. So then let's just go over and jump over to the running backs. Like we already said, this is probably going to be the most uh, discussed because I think this is where you're going to have to get things right to win. Because there are so many great plays, and like we talked about at the beginning, Jonathan Taylor is ninety two hundred against Houston. Austin Eckler eighty three hundred against Cincinnati. Joe Mixon on the other side of that game at eighty one hundred. Najee Harris seventy seven hundred. Alexander Madison at seventy six hundred. Leonard Fournette coming off the monster performance he just had at seventy three hundred. Cordell Patterson who continues to just to produce at seven k. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that Cordell Patterson would be playing as well as he has, and he was going to be seven k. I would laugh at you, but here we are. Saquon Barkley is 6,300. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 6,600, but he sounds very questionable. James Robinson is 6,200. He sounds questionable. Daryl Henderson is also questionable at 6,100. Josh Jacobs at 6K. And Elijah Mitchell, who is still too damn cheap at 6K. I don't know what the man has to do to get priced up higher than this. But here we are. And we also, I guess, I'm going to go a little bit deeper because there's some really excellent plays a little bit further than this too. So you have James Conner at 5,900. Miles Gaskin, who I think is an excellent play at 5,800 against the Giants. 5,700, Antonio Gibson with J.D. McKissick. Doesn't sound like he's going to play. He has not practiced yet this week. And he's still in concussion protocol, so he has not progressed at all. And We're already past Thursday, so it's not sounding like J.D. McKissick's going to play. So Antonio Gibson at 5,700 you know, in this matchup against the Raiders is super enticing. DeAndre Swift, he doesn't play. Now we have at Jamal Williams, who's only 5,400 against one of the league's worst run defenses. Miles Sanders with, with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott sounding very unlikely to play at 5,200. So, Maddie, let's just get into this because we've got a lot to talk about here at the running back position. Let's start at the top. 
at the really top guys, right? And I know there's something you said you want to talk about, especially these guys that are that are 9,200. I will say this, that when you have a, a running back, that is, it's kind of like CMC a little bit here, where there's such a discrepancy between him and the next guy. It's almost a $1,000 difference between him and Austin Eckler that this man has to smash to kill you. And yeah, it's so. Yeah, I mean, man, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, just talking about you know the nine K salary in general. Um, I mean, you think about your lineup as a whole, right? You get you get fifty thousand dollars to allocate, and your goal for taking down tourneys is you're, you're shooting for over two hundred points, right? Pretty much. So, I mean, you you basically need over four X your your salary um, to have a shot at taking down tourneys. Obviously, you're gonna have some guys that crush that. Uh, but I mean, pretty much across the board, you're looking for four X, uh, and and you know, when we had Le'Veon Bell and when we had David Johnson and and those guys that were 10K and we just hashtag team jam them in, uh, that's because those guys were seeing you know 10 targets every single week uh, to go with their 20 something rush attempts and they were seeing you know north of 30 touches every week and and most of them were coming through the pass game. Um, and yes, Jonathan Taylor has been involved in the past game, but he pretty much he needs to get you 36 points for him to pretty much for him to pay off that salary. Um, and you know, even if he gets the 36 points, like yes, you probably have to have that. But I mean, he's also not killing you if you if you don't have it, because um, because he costs so much, right? It's like. He scored 31 against Houston when they played them the first time, and if he gets me 31 at 9200, I'm 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 happy, but he's probably not even optimal uh, because he costs so much. So it's just a very paying 9k man. It's you really need 40 point upside, which we had seen. We were seeing you know 35 point floors out of those guys, uh, Le'Veon Bell and, D- and David Johnson. Those you know back when when they were crushing every single week, and CMC himself as well. Uh, before he went on this, you know, path of of just being hurt every game last year and this year, but uh, I don't know that I I put Jonathan Taylor into that bucket as those guys because you know five three two four three two four three targets are, are like his target counts per game, and those other guys, you know, when we pay almost ten k uh, for them, you know, those guys are seeing you know ten plus targets uh, at the running back position, so. I'm probably going to be out on Jonathan Taylor, especially because he's currently checking in at almost 30% owned, which is by far the highest owned running back on the slate. Um, And when you pay $9,200 for the highest owned running back on the slate, you're locking yourself. And I know Kev, you talk about this on showdown when you pay, you know, that top salary for, you know, a specific player, you lock yourself into a specific type of build. Um, And, you know, you pay up for Jonathan Taylor, 9,200, you know, most people are then going to pay down at QB and you lock yourself into a build that way. You know, I don't know if, you know, how many people can have uh, a good Tom Brady team that they like paying up for Brady that also has Jonathan Taylor on it because, you know, you've got to pay for Gronk and you got to pay for Chris Godwin and, and all those guys. So um, I think, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to, to see the, the builds and, and, I think the chalk build this week is going to be pay up for one running back and pay down for the other. Uh, because I don't even, I don't, there were so many things, you know, that, that you, you rambled off uh, when you were introducing the position. I, I don't, I didn't even catch if you mentioned uh, Daryl Henderson, not even practicing this week so far. So we may get Sonny Michelle at what? 4,900. 
What is he? He's cheaper than that, isn't he? Yeah, Sonny Michelle's 4300 And he's pretty much a lock at that price, right? If uh, if if Henderson's out. Because, I mean, he is, we've seen it already this year. He played 95% of the snaps when, when Henderson missed. That was, what, in week three against Tampa Bay? He had 20 carries for 67 yards and saw four targets. So you're, you're getting 25 opportunities there for 4,300. I, I think you absolutely have to play that. Uh, and, and if Henderson's out, Sonny Michelle will be where I start every single team, uh, would be where I start every single team. I only play one team, so definitely going to have him. Um, you know, you, you briefly touched on Eckler and Joe Mixon, obviously in two really, really good spots. Cincinnati gives up a ton of production to pass-catching running backs. So Eckler's in a great spot there. And then Joe Mixon on the other side, the Chargers are one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So uh, both of those guys definitely in play and and make it even more of a reason to not have to play Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Dalvin Cook likely going to miss this game. Uh, so Alexander Madison in the, the you know, games that we've seen uh, Dalvin Cook miss. Uh, week three, Madison had 26 carries and eight targets for 34 opportunities. And in week five against Detroit, 25 carries, seven targets uh, for 32 opportunities. So you're going to get a guy who's going to see north of 30 opportunities, and he's only 7,500 against Detroit. Uh, it's going to be another guy that's going to be really hard to not play and and is even more of a reason to not play Jonathan Taylor at $9,200. So I really like Alexander Madison, assuming Dalvin Cook is out. Um, DeAndre Swift is likely going to miss this game. So you, you get, you know um, – Jonathan Williams at 5,400 in, in a full, you know, full complement role. We saw him last week, you know, 15 carries and five targets in a game that Swift played most of the first half. Um, to the only 5,400 for that kind of workload. You've got Antonio Gibson who, who could see a spike in targets with McKissick out. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, we just uh, – a big reason, you know, I liked McKissick in, that sh- in the showdown slate against Seattle is because Seattle – gives up the league most passes to the running back position. Um, so Elijah Mitchell, we've seen in his last three games, you know, five, zero and six targets and uh, in a uh, facing a, a Seattle defense that's been funneling targets to the running back position. And Elijah Mitchell is still getting 27 carries. Uh, I, I really like him at six K a lot. So this is a very, very loaded running back position this week. And, and I would just stay away from the chalk absolutely would stay away from the chalk and just build a different team because there's so many different running backs that can break the slate this week with high ceiling floor combos. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that just even just looking at the top and talking about some of these running backs where you have over, you know, there's not a big difference between Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon, right? Like John, but there's $1,100 price difference where Jonathan Taylor on the season, um, He's actually only 13th in snap share and 13th in opportunity share. Now, some of that, you know, uh, came earlier in the year where he wasn't being utilized as much. That he's getting there a lot because of touchdowns and efficiency, for sure, right? Um, but but he's not being utilized as much as a pass catcher. He still is 11th in targets, and he's got a nine uh, 11% target share, which is still pretty pretty strong, right? But then you got, but then we have. Um, Joe Mixon, who is ninth in snap share, seventh in opportunity share, 13 touchdowns on the season. And 
over the last, you know, really five of the last six weeks. I mean, he put up 25, 28, 24, and 32 over the last four weeks of the season. And he's $1,100 cheaper in a, in a matchup against the Chargers. The Chargers rank 32nd in run DVOA on the season. They've, they've just been terrible against the run this year. And so they're also 30th in adjusted line yards. They're 27th in stuff, ranked 28th in open field. You know, I mean, this is this is the defense that we want to target on the ground. And so Joe Mixon is in a fantastic spot. And I would be willing to bet that he's not going to have the same type of ownership that Jonathan Taylor is going to have against, uh, against Houston. And I just think that's a mistake. It's $1,100 cheaper, and he just shouldn't be that far off from Jonathan Taylor. Don't get me wrong. Jonathan Taylor has been a monster this year. So this isn't me knocking Jonathan Taylor. It's just in terms of price savings, being able to save that extra $1,100 to Joe Mixon, to Jonathan Taylor, I'll take that all day. Um, the other running backs that you mentioned, uh, I think Leonard Fournette is also very interesting at 7,300. Uh, he is he has touched the ball a lot this year, uh, a lot more than I think people had, had would have expected. And what makes him so much more interesting is the fact how much how much he's being utilized in the passing game. But he's starting to really just just really take over this running back uh, room completely because he's he's getting sixty five percent of the opportunity share, but he's fourth in targets and a thirteen percent target share on the season. And now I'm not expecting this four touchdown monster performance that he had last week, but he's getting at least five targets in just about every single game that he sees this year. And he's getting more and more carries. Really, I mean, if you go back to the earlier part of the year, but uh, since since really week four, 2012, 22, 15, 8, 11, 10, and 17 in terms of carries. So he's being utilized just as much. And this is a great spot against Atlanta. So I think he is actually decent leverage off of Alexander Madison, who is more expensive than he is. Don't get me wrong. Alexander Madison's in a great spot. We've seen this show already once with Alexander Madison, right? Where he just obliterated that team. That's one of the best performances he had. he's had all year where he scored 30 DK points, the most he scored all year. He had 113 uh, rushing yards in that game, 48 receiving yards, and he scored. But I think there's ways that this doesn't go their way. Like I said, I mean, if the Lions can push this game, which is something we've seen that the Lions have not. Every week, every, you see the Lions on, on a slate, and everyone's like, oh, I want to target the Lions. I want to target the Lions have played – pretty well considering I mean, every game has been really close they have done a really good job of keeping most games close and if they can do that and if they can even get some sort of a lead which is entirely possible then i, I think that that that's where you can see some of this change and I, alexander madison is 100 going to carry heavy ownership so i like leonard fournette um and i'm not chasing what happened last week i just think with all the opportunities that he sees it's going to be really hard for him at 7300 not to get there, but then, you know, you go down, Elijah Mitchell, 100% in play. He's 6K, like, like we've already talked about, smash play, right? But James Conner is in a great spot, only 5,900. He's coming off the bye. People forget what he did the last week of before they went on bye, where he had a, one of his best weeks of the season, where he had 21 carries, six targets. Chase Edmonds is still out. And so he's going to be the guy with Kyler Murray back which should absolutely help him get more goal line opportunities, more red zone opportunities. And he's only $5,900. And he's smashed in between guys like Elijah Mitchell, where people are going to want to play more, and Antonio Gibson, who people are going to want to play more. And I think James Conner makes a lot of sense. And then the other guy is Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin has touched the ball a ton over the last uh, couple of few, over the last few weeks. And I love him this week. I think he is in a great spot. Um, 
this week. And some of his numbers really uh, surprised me whenever I was looking at him because Miles Gaskin is top in, in terms of he is top eight in red zone touches and he's top five in goal line carries. And he's just getting all the work since Michael Brown or excuse me, Malcolm Brown went out with injury. He's just, he has just been touching the ball. Plus he's their pass catcher. So Michael or uh, miles gasket is too cheap as well at 5,800 and the giants are not very good against the run either. So if you're paying down, I, I like getting a miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin is not going to carry the ownership that he should, especially with all these other running backs that are here. And then Miles Sanders is going to be the guy that absolutely nobody plays. because Everybody was on him last week. I felt like the whole industry was on Miles Sanders last week, right? He was cheap. He was about the same price he was. Fantastic matchup. Everybody played Miles Sanders, and Miles Sanders did nothing. But this is an even better matchup because the Jets have truly been terrible against the run this year. They are 31st in DVOA against the run on the season, and they have just been absolutely gashed on the ground. But like I said, Jordan Howard sounds like he's not going to play. Boston Scott sounds like he's not going to play. So it's going to be him and really Kenny Gainwell. And they showed no, no interest in wanting to play Kenny Gainwell. And it's actually surprising because, you know, he, le- he left in the second half of the game with a, an injury, I guess. But he's already back practicing in full Miles Sanders. Is. He's only 5,200. And there's a little bit of risk there. I, I wouldn't load up. But I definitely want some exposure to Miles Sanders, who's only 5,200. is cheaper than all these guys. And we've seen how, how run heavy – the, the Eagles want to be. And you also have Jalen Hurts, who's a little bit banged up. And so, in reality, to me, I just I just think Miles Sanders is going to be excellent leverage as well off a lot of these other running backs people are going to want to pay down for. And then past that, I guess you still have the cheap running backs, you know, that, like you mentioned, with, with Sony Michelle. And I will say this, that play makes me a little bit nervous because Jacksonville has, that's been their strength, is against the run. They have slipped a little bit uh, as of recent. Um, My counter argument is the start Michelle had with Henderson out was against Tampa Bay, and he still got 20 carries and four targets. So oh, he had he's, tw- he's going to get to work. Yeah, 24 opportunities at 4,300. I'm just going to play that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I don't I don't mind it either, but I just I, I will say because I'm I'm gonna be that's gonna be another spot where I'm really curious where that ownership's gonna come in at because at forty three hundred I I get it I get the play and I get it against Jacksonville, but I think it's also gonna be chalk because everyone's gonna be like okay I'll just pay up for Jonathan Taylor yep and then I'll, I'm gonna pay down for for Sony Michelle at forty three hundred yep and that's what everybody's gonna do. Which, like I said, I don't hate the play, but it just Jacksonville, like I said, has has been has been has been a team that's been really good for the for the long time this season. They were top ten and run DVOA. They have slipped a little bit. They're down to fourteenth now. Um, and over the last five weeks, they are I think fifteenth in rushing yards allowed per game. So they've they, they've they have uh, fell, fallen off a little bit there, but. I'm also somebody that if, if, if Sonny Michelle is going to be like 35, 40% owned, I'm going to come in well under that. I'm not, I probably won't full fade it, but if he's going to carry heavy ownership, I'll probably just go in a different direction. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, we, we've talked about so many different running backs that you can play that are in great spots and have high ceilings, but um, especially in small field stuff, I, I'll be different elsewhere and I'll just play Sonny Michelle at that price tag. Yeah. 
So, anyways, those are kind of the running backs that I'm at. I know I mentioned a lot of a lot of them. Um, I guess I guess to kind of clarify, I don't mind playing John Taylor, but if I'm paying up, I'm going to Joe Mixon. I'm going to have Leonard Fournette, and then in this mid tier range uh, of running backs, absolutely love Elijah Mitchell. Can't you know state that enough? But then I, I think to get different, John, James, James Connor and Miles Gaskett are definitely going to be two guys that I'm on. I, I will you know have some that's Antonio Gibson. And I'll have some Miles Sanders, and I know those, those are a lot of running backs, but I also play a lot more lineups uh, than you, and I'm sure you will be much more condensed than that. Yeah, so. no, I, I think we're pretty much on the same page um, for the most part. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. So do you want to jump over to wide receivers then? Yeah, I'm good. Let's move to wide receiver. All right. So Cooper Cup has come down in price, but he's still 9K. Uh, He was 9,600 last week. No, thanks. I'm out. So... Uh, you have Debo Samuel, who's truly doubtful with a groin injury. He's 8,300. Justin Jefferson's 8,200. Keenan Allen's at 7,500. Terry McLaurin at 7,400. Adam Thielen at 7,300. Jamar Chase at 7K. Deontay Johnson at 6,800. Mike Evans at 6,700. DK Metcalf at 6,700. Chris Godwin at 6,600. Marquise Brown at 65. You have Tyler Lockett at 65. Jalen Waddell finally starting to be moved up a little bit. Should be higher than this, but regardless, he's 6,400. DeAndre Hopkins at 6200. We're going to talk about that because it sounds like he is supposed to be back this week. Devonta Smith at 6100. Chase Claypool at 6K. And Walido's boy at 5900. Brandon Cooks. So you already said you're out on Cooper Cup. So what are you what are you on? Uh assuming Debo is out, I think I'm going to start my team with Brandon Ayuk. Uh in the games that Debo missed last year and Ayuk played, Ayuk had 10, 14, 13, and then two targets. And that game he had two, he got hurt. Uh so he literally saw double digit targets in every full game he played when Debo was out last year. Um and that's pretty much it's it that offense all of a sudden gets really condensed, right? With no Debo. Uh it's Elijah Mitchell, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk. That's pretty much all they have. Uh, and that, you know, that matchup against Seattle, 
I mean, teams have scored points against Seattle. It's not a tough matchup at all. Uh, and at some point, right, Russell Wilson's going to figure it out on the other side. And, and if Seattle does put up points in any sort of fashion uh, and, and forces San Francisco to have to throw the ball even a little bit, um, you know, Ayuk has a 10 target, you know, you feel good about projecting him for almost 10 targets in this game. So uh, at only 5,600, I think, you know, we've finally seen him come around in the last few weeks. He's seen seven, eight, four, seven, and six targets. And now with Debo, that was with Debo playing. And now with Debo out, um, you know, I, I really like him here uh, in this game. So he's going to be one of the, one of my focuses, even though he's a little bit cheaper. Uh, we've, we've talked about, you know, how much we love Tampa Bay and I will, I'm just going to continue playing Chris Godwin in games when Antonio Brown doesn't play. Uh, he's, he's been Tom Brady's main guy when AB sits and, you know, last week we didn't see that, but this game against Atlanta shouldn't be an issue uh, for Godwin to get going again. Uh, you know, we've seen him have big games. He had 28 and 31 in week seven and eight. Uh, I think we, we can see him get back to that 30 point threshold here. Um, you know, going for over 100 yards and scoring a touchdown is, isn't and having over 10 targets is not uh, out of the realm of possibility. And he's only 6,600. His price dropped uh, from last week when he was over 7K. So uh, I think Godwin is too cheap against Atlanta. Uh, he's probably going to be popular, but I don't really care uh, because I'm not going to have the popular build of playing Cooper Cup and or Jonathan Taylor because uh, Cooper Cup is checking in. Um, he's with Jonathan Taylor coming in at 30% of running back, Cooper Cup's at 25% at wide receiver. So everybody is paying up for this Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor tandem. Uh, and, and they're going to be ex- locked into certain types of builds. And and I am just going to, you know, say that those guys are not going to score 40 points and, and, and burn me. And, you know, if they score 25, you don't even have to have them if they score 25 because they're 9K. So um, I'm going to take my chances there. Uh, we talked about, you know, the the Chargers-Cincinnati game. You know, Keenan Allen, uh, he's been, you know, Herbert's go-to guy. That's a game that, you know, should be back and forth and high scoring. So Keenan Allen, uh, definitely in play there. Uh, we mentioned, you know, the Minnesota-Detroit passing stack uh, as leverage off of uh, Alexander Madison if we get, you know, the Dalvin Cook news and, and he becomes popular. So I, I really like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen both. Uh, this week against Detroit, because if for whatever reason, Minnesota has to throw the ball. I mean, last week, last year, uh, in, in the last game of the year, we saw Detroit push Minnesota and Kirk Cousins through for 400 yards and three scores against Detroit. So that ceiling is there for Cousins to smash here, assuming, you know, that uh, he does have to throw the ball a little bit. So I would, you know, I would definitely include a Detroit player if playing that Cousins stack, but I, I definitely like Jefferson. Uh, and or Thielen, if wanting to get exposure to that game, is leverage off Madison. Um, outside of that, I mean, I can't touch these Seattle guys. Uh, they they just – that Seattle offense doesn't look right. And uh, while they do have, you know, the ability to, to explode uh, any week, they also have the ability to absolutely kill you uh, if they don't do anything. I mean, we've seen – DK Metcalf had, what, zero targets going into the fourth quarter? Uh, last week. So that's, uh, not something you want to see out of a guy you're going to pay, you know, 6,700 for, um, and, and Tyler Lockett's been, you know, 
definitely the guy for Russ this year. But, I mean, we've seen him also score, you know, single-digit points as well uh, going back to last year. So definitely two boomer bust guys there in DK and Lockett. And I, I'm probably not going to have much of them. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is interesting at 6,200. And, and he's a guy I want to hear your thoughts on playing against a very bad Chicago secondary. It sounds like, you know, Kyler Murray may come back and play this game. DeAndre Hopkins is back practicing and he may come back and play this game. Assuming Kyler Murray is back, are you going to play DeAndre Hopkins at 6,200? I mean, it's hard not to. The Chicago secondary has been uh, awful. And I feel like if he's back, as much as he sat out, I would assume that he is pretty much good to go. I mean, obviously, he could always re-injure it. It's a hamstring and soft tissue. But, man, $6,200 DeAndre Hopkins with 30-point upside is really hard to get, you know, to ignore. Though I will say he really hasn't hit it. I mean, week one was, the, you know, he had 26.3. But other than that, and he was a guy that wasn't seeing an incredible target share either over that span. You know, I think he was coming in around 18% target share in those games. So, but at 6,200, it's hard not to at least have some interest in, in DeAndre Hopkins. So for me, one, I absolutely love Keenan Allen at 7,500. He yeah. gets an excellent matchup. He's going to see the majority of Mike Hilton in the slot. He plays that that's their main, their uh, cover corner in the slot. And on the season, he is uh, allowing a 76% completion percentage and a 93 uh, passer rating. So absolutely love Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen is just peppered with targets every game. He has not seen less than double-digit targets since week six. He saw 11, 13, 11, 13, and 10. Now, I will say, I don't know if he has an incredible ceiling, but I do think that he is somebody that every week, especially with his volume, that is in play for a 100-yard bonus. He's hit that since that t- almost three times, and he's come close. I mean, even week 80 at 77, 104, 98, 112, and 85. It's can he score a touchdown? That's the, that's the big question. If he can get in the end zone and score, then he could be in for a really big day because he only has two touchdowns on the year. <clears throat> but regardless, still at that price, matchup considered, it's an excellent spot for Keenan Allen. So if I'm stacking uh, – Justin Herbert, I, I love getting to Keenan Allen at that price at 7,500. I think Deontay Johnson's in play. Baltimore has really struggled to stop the deep ball this year. And I know, you know, Chase Claypool also would probably fit into this bucket. But Deontay has been seeing a lot of deep targets this year. It's not just Chase Claypool and then uh, Deontay Johnson is just seeing all of those targets, right? And so... Uh, Deontay Johnson is actually set, has 17 deep targets, which is 11th most among all wide receivers this year. And he also has 13 red zone targets. So it's there absolutely for them. And like I said, they, the Baltimore Ravens have given up the most plays of 20 plus yards. And it's really not even close um, to, for, for them. And so I think uh, Deontay Johnson makes some sense. I, I don't think he's not somebody you have to stack, but it just does kind of a one-off here. Uh, I, I like getting to him. He's only 6,800. I think that's too cheap. I think DK Metcalf could absolutely explode in this game. He's going to his his the guy he's going to see is Josh Norman, old ass, crusty ass Josh Norman is going to have to try to stop True. DK Metcalf. Okay, True. on the season he is allowed a sixty five percent completion percentage and a ninety six point four passer rating. I think that DK Metcalf bounces back in a big way, and I don't think anybody's going to want to play him. 
because of what he just came off of, of, you know, the Monday night game where he didn't do anything. Uh, and he's only 6,700. That's incredibly too. He's normally a 75, 7,800 uh, K wide receiver. And you're getting him at a discount of 6,700. And he's right there next to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And everybody's going to want to play them and not play DK Metcalf. And I love getting the DK Metcalf kind of as that late hammer in games, right? They're playing at that three o'clock time slot. So give me DK Metcalf at 6,700. Matchup is incredible. I've already talked about Jalen Waddle, the dude just seeing a ridiculous amount of targets and his chemistry he has right now with uh, Tua is just off the off the charge right now. And he's seventh among all wide receivers and targets, seeing a 24% target share. And he's really, especially the last two weeks, has really come on against Carolina and the Jets, 20.6 20, uh, and 28.7. Uh, last week, you had to have him uh, if you wanted to win anything last week because he scored 31 DK points. And I still think he's too cheap as, as well at that price of 6,400. I think he should probably, he deserves to be in that 6K range with the amount of targets that he's seeing and his upside. Uh, I think Brandon Cooks is in play as well. Uh, he is questionable. He didn't practice on Thursday with an illness. So that's something we're going to have to monitor because if he doesn't play, it's going to be really hard for me to get excited about anybody here. But it's such a good matchup because we've talked about how bad Indy secondary is. But at the same time, it's a great matchup. So if Cooks does play, he's 5,900. And he can absolutely smash that. But Hunter Renfro, I probably am going to have 100%. Maybe not 100%. That's probably too aggressive. But I'm going to have a lot of Hunter Renfro because it does not sound like that we are going to have Darren Waller. And Hunter Renfro is going to get incredible matchups. It doesn't really matter. There's going to be two corners that he sees the most. But on the season, Hunter Renfro, I was shocked to know that Hunter Renfro was seventh in yards after the catch on the year of 319. Seventh among all wide receivers. And he has 12 red zone targets, which is 14th. And he has a 2.16 yards per out run, about 22% target share. But if Darren Waller's out, I think he's going to see 15. He could, he could realistically see 15 targets. And he's going to see Landon Collins, who's been fucking awful, who's a lot of 67% completion percentage, 400 receiving yards, six touchdowns, and 134.2 passer rating. And then you have Kendall Fuller is the other guy he'll see, which has allowed a 71.8% completion percentage, 600 yards receiving, two touchdowns, and a 98.9 passer rating. Hunter Renfro is going to destroy those two. Right? And he's only 5,800 in a matchup that he's just going to see a ridiculous target share. Because who the fuck else are they throwing the ball to? Maybe Brian Uh, Edwards. Maybe Brian Edwards. The tight end of the slate, Foster Murrow. Yeah, I know. I, he's been the talk of the talk of the week. So I like. So I like. I I love Hunter Renfro. He's he's incredibly too cheap. Um, I think Christian Kirk is also in a great spot, especially if, if he if he comes back at his price tag. He is only fifty six hundred. He is going to move into the slot, right? So as long as DeAndre Hopkins, you have DeAndre Hopkins on the outside, AJ Green on the other side, they move Christian Kirk into the slot. He's, he's already plays. 43% of the snaps from the slot on the season. But the Bears allow the fifth most uh, fantasy points to or DK points to wide receivers. And he's going to see Xavier Crawford, who allows a 83% completion percentage at 100 passer rating, or Artie fucking Burns, who allows a 61% completion percentage at 137.5 passer rating. So, yes, Christian Kirk, I'm all about that life. And the other guy I want to talk about is Odell Beckham. Finally, they, they got him involved. 10 targets last week against the Packers, much better matchup. Um, I think he 
at 5,500, he's he is also just too cheap at what his his upside is, what his ceiling can be in another week in this offense. And like I said, they really have to figure out this offense to get this thing back on track. So I can see them continue just to chuck the ball, uh, to, to use this as a game to kind of get the passing volume okay. And then are you interested at all in somebody like Van Jefferson, who's only 5,300 in this spot? Or is he more of somebody that you only, only would use in a game stack? No, uh, no, you absolutely can play the Rams. Um, they're one of those offenses. They're just like Tampa Bay, you know, where you can load up the pass, passing attack and not have to stack up anybody on the other side um, or play these guys as one-offs. I mean, this absolutely could be a week, you know, where we see lower volume from Stafford and he gets there off of, you know, more efficient deep plays to Van Jefferson and OBJ like we saw last week. Um, and it, it's a big reason, you know, why I'm not really – you know, thrilled about paying 9K for Cooper Cup as well because, you know, Stafford can get there hitting these other guys for deep plays uh, just like he did last week at, at Green Bay and, and Cup is left, you know, not doing much. Um, and it just feels like ever since Robert Woods got hurt, uh, Cup's, you know, his, his usage and efficiency has just gone down. It's like the offense just has not operated in the same way. Um, I mean, Cup's volume is still there, but uh, and this is this is such a good spot, you know, to get right. But I mean, you just have to have so much uh, go right for Cooper Cup. I mean, he legit has to go for 100 yards and two touchdowns to burn you, which absolutely is possible uh, because of his red zone usage. But um, bet you know, just banking on having to have a guy score two touchdowns to get you there, you know, that it's just you know a bet I'm just gonna you know not make every single time. Uh, I don't want to be, you know, have to be rooting for two touchdowns just for my guy to reach value. Uh, you know, I will, I want to be having a two touchdown guy that's, you know, 6k and, and he's absolutely smashing, uh, his price tag. So, um, and you know, we're not playing Cooper cup on a week that he's chalky, you know, Van Jefferson and OBJ are definitely in play. And, um, you know, it's such a good matchup for them to get OBJ going, you know, in a new offense and, and, you know, it's a good spot to just do something other than target Cooper Cup over and over and over again. So I really do like the other pieces uh, as well. Um, another wide receiver I wanted to ask you about um, as well. If Jalen Hurts were to were to not play with that ankle injury and Gardner Minshew starts, do you have more interest or less interest in Devontae Smith? I think you'd have to have more. More, um, right? Because they yeah, wouldn't just, just outright run as much with, with Hurts. I mean, Gardner Minshew does have the ability to run. Um, but he's, but not, he's, it's, he's not Jalen Hurts, right, where he's not going to run 14 times in a game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I absolutely actually think that I kind of want Gardner Minshew to play because if he plays, I think that's only better news for Miles Sanders because we know True. that Gardner Minshew just checks it down to to the running back, right? Which is something that that yep. that Miles Sanders has not had with with yep. Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts very not true to do that. So I think Gardner Minshew actually helps. I think he helps offense. the pass game as a whole. Yes. Not saying he's a better passer than or no no no, no. I'm, not, I'm not saying he's just, I'm not saying yeah he's not they're going to do yeah they're going to do something different. Uh, they're not just going to run it with now it could be it could mean you know that I, I say I like Devontae Smith more if Minshew plays you know in this matchup but. At the same time, they could just run it 35 times with the running backs too, right? Like we could just see Boston Scott and Miles Sanders combined for 35 carries. 
Uh, I mentioned you still only throws 25 times. It's possible, but that's why I said Boston Scott has not practiced at all this week. Uh, he's missed. He missed Wednesday and Thursday. So I'll have to see about tomorrow. Now it's an illness. What about Howard? Is wasn't Howard hurt? Yeah, he, he was, hasn't practiced he at all this week either. He has not practiced. Yeah, so it it legit could be the Miles Sanders show. Yes, that's that's my that's that's what I'm saying. And so, uh, but nobody's gonna want to play him. But I honestly think that Gardner Minshew, I think, would be better for I mean for this passing offense because he's much more of a pocket passer. He's got to look to throw. He's and it's the check Jets. Down. Yeah, and it's against the Jets. But it would be super it would be super interesting if Gardner Minshew comes out and just lights it up, you know? Because we've seen Gardner Minshew play play well. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that he's like an elite quarterback or anything like that, but his rookie year, I mean, he played pretty damn well, right? And so, or he had his moments anyway, especially in the earlier on in the year. But so yeah, I, I think then that, that would make Devontae Smith an interesting option. But it would be funny if he comes in and just lights it up. Then, you know, what then what do you do? I guess you go back to Jalen Hurts, but I don't know. Yeah. We've Dude, been hearing if Minshew were to play, you could legit and, and those running backs were to be out, you could play Minshew and Sanders together and get all of the Eagles production and just pay up for all the dudes. Would you run it back with like Elijah Moore? I wouldn't even run it back. Yeah, I would just I would just bank on Philly scoring thirty five points, five touchdowns, and you get all five of them with the quarterback and the running back. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. Now, if either. if one of Scott or Howard is playing, I wouldn't do that because those guys can vulture the touchdowns. Yes, um, but if it's like you know just Miles Sanders and a you know a, a fourth string running back that's on special teams most of the time, if he comes in, um, because I mean the Jets are the Jets, right? Like. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they were giving up 45 points a game. Um, so, yeah, I you don't have to run back a Jet player. Uh, and I wouldn't run back a Jet player. But I think uh, that would be very interesting to play Minshew and Sanders if all, if the, all those running backs are out and get just get all Eagles points. Yeah, I mean, a couple other wide receivers, I guess, before we jump over to tight ends. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I think, at 4,900. Uh, in a matchup against the the Steelers, the Steelers secondary has been all uh, really been really bad this year. So I think he's interesting at his price, depending on how that game goes, and then keep it close. I would have interest in Devonte Parker at thirty nine hundred, but I don't think he's going to play this week. He, they they just activated him, I believe, uh, yesterday off of the COVID list or not COVID off of uh, IR. So I don't think he's going to play. But if he did, he he's somebody before that injury was seeing a ton of targets in that in that in that offense as well. So he's only 3,900, but I can't, we're not going to jump over until we talk about uh, Josh Riddle. It's only 3,400, right? He was somebody that we talked about on the Thanksgiving slate last week and he paid off, you know, he had three receptions, 70 yards and a score. They really, it was weird because in that first, they, they were, they were hitting deep passes earlier in that game. They hit a deep ball, Josh. Riddle, and then in the second half, it's like, Nope, we're done. We're not throwing the ball deep anymore. See, we could throw the ball deep. We're not doing it again. And it, I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But anyways, $3,400. We know he has that built-in rapport, that built-in chemistry with uh, jo- Jared Goff. So that is obviously a plus. And, you know, I think if you're going to – if you want to play Kirk Cousins and if you wanted to run it back with anybody, I think Josh Reynolds does make a little bit of sense. You know, I guess Jamal Williams would also be one of those guys you could do it with. But Josh Reynolds at 3,400, he's probably going to see a decent amount of targets. 
uh, in this offense, and he has that built-in rapport. Like I said, he's only 3,400. So I think he's an interesting play, too, as, as a value play at wide receiver. And then I guess maybe Nico Collins, if you want to get real wild with the 3,100. Yeah, I see for me, I just can't justify, assuming Daryl Henderson's out, I can't justify playing any of these, you know, cheap guys that may see three to five targets when I've got Sonny Michelle who might might get 25 opportunities. So I'm going to be on team, just play, pay down for Michelle or, you know, go for a, a lot of these more mid-range uh running back wide receiver guys this week because there's a lot of guys in the the five to seven K range at, at both positions that I just don't think you need to, you know, jam in a, a very, very sketchy three $3,500 player on this slate because everybody's going to play Cooper cup and everybody's going to play Jonathan Taylor. And so why, if they're playing those guys, they have to find $3,500 value. Right. So why force yourself into playing one of those cheap guys, um, you know, that may be paired with one of those high dollar guys when, you know, you can be different and, and get exposure to better ceilings in, in the mid range. So that's probably the approach that I'm going to take personally. I will say this. If I'm going to pay down at, at, at wide receiver, I think the two spots that I'm going to go to are uh, Josh Reynolds that I just mentioned. And then I do think if if Darren Waller sits, I think Brian Edwards could become interesting at 3,600. I don't know why they do not target Brian Edwards more than they do. It, it's it's literally maddening. Anytime they actually target him, he 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 seems to produce, but they just don't ever target him. Like he saw against Kansas City, he had four targets and produced three for four or three for 88 to score. But then the next two weeks, he's only seen one target over the last two games. I don't get it, but regardless, at 3,600. If you're playing a stack, especially with uh, these guys, and I think uh, old Foster uh, Moreau is, is going to be uh, probably chalky because I, I'm seeing him everywhere. Everybody's talking about him. Yeah, he'll he'll be the highest on tight end on the slate, but for good reason. I mean, he's 2700, which is a good it's a good good segue. Unless you want, unless you got anybody else at wide receiver you want to talk about. No, that's kind of who I wanted to hit on. Uh, really quickly, Derek just uh, hit us with a super chat. Appreciate it, Derek. He says he should have started Pollard instead of Ingram but had Cowboys defense to make up for Pollard's points. This is what I'll say, Derek. And the next time, if you're going to play a cow- the, the Cowboys defense, I would play the running back with it. Because if you're going to play the defense, you're probably telling yourself that like just like this game went, that it's it's kind of like DFS, right? You're, tra- you're trying to correlate your lineup. And it would have made sense to correlate your lineup with, with Pollard and not Ingram. Um, and especially because I wouldn't have liked Ingram anyway as much because once Taysom Hill became the starter, you knew that they, he was not going to see the the targets that that he saw in previous weeks. So he just wasn't as great of a play against Dallas. We knew Dallas was going to be able to light this offense up. And, of course, Taysom Hill threw four touchdowns. So, that, you know, correlating Pollard with the Cowboys offense or defense would have made a lot of sense. So I digress. Uh, but appreciate the super chat, Derek. Uh but, you know, uh, Dallas' defense made up for it with a defensive score and four interceptions because Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. Hope you're listening, D-Bro. <laughs> so, anyways, let's move over to tight end. So, we do not have Travis Kelsey. Uh, Darren Waller sounds extremely uh, doubtful to play. Uh, he has not practiced this week. He's probably doubtful. Mark Andrews is 6K. George Kittle's only 5,900. Uh, Kyle Pitts is 5,600. Zach Ertz is 5,400. Gronk, 5,300. Hawkinson is 5,200. Uh, Mike Gasicki's 5,100. Dallas Goddard's 4,100. 
Patty Fry is 4,200. Logan Thomas, only 4K. And I wish Dan Arnold, but he's not. He's on IR. He's only 3,900. But uh, anyway, so it's tied in this week. Are you? Are, do you have any interest in paying up for any of these guys, or is it only would be in a game stack if you were going to pay up for one of these these tight ends? Or are you paying down? Uh, I've got three guys at three different price points that I'm going to play um, or be interested in playing on my my single entry team. That's uh, Gronk. If I'm paying up, fifty three hundred. Uh, Gronk has smashed all year when he's been healthy. Uh, nine, eight, eight, five, and eight in the full games that he's played for targets. Uh, and he scored nine and a half DK points or more uh, in all of those games. So you're looking at double-digit points locked in for Gronk in a matchup against Atlanta. Uh, outside of that, moving down a little bit, uh, Logan Thomas, assuming he plays at 4K against Vegas. And we already mentioned, you know, McKissick's out. So that's just another you know, safety valve for Heineke to to check down to, and that's Logan Thomas at the tight end position, assuming McKissick's out. So I think he's interesting at 4K, especially if you're playing Derek Carr on the other side. Uh, and then not going to overthink it, Foster Moreau, 2,700. Uh, he scored 18 fantasy points in the week that Darren Waller already missed once this year. So uh, he is going to pretty much get, you know, this kind of similar workload to what Darren Waller's getting at, at 2,700. And uh, not saying he is Darren Waller because he's not that big, that fast, and that athletic, but he is a very, very good pass catcher, and we've seen him utilized in the red zone even when Waller's been active. So uh, Foster Moreau, I think I'm just not going to overthink it. I'm just going to play him at 2,700. Because it's not like you're sacrificing at the tight end position, like unless you you know, you know get the Gronk week that we got last week, and Gronk, had, Gronk absolutely could have caught two touchdowns last week too. And so if you add, you know, 12 points onto his 22 that he scored, you know, you're looking at a 35-point outing out of a tight end. So that's why, I, you know, I like the idea of paying up for Gronk um, because he's probably the one guy that could go for 100 yards and two scores at the tight end position uh, this week. I mean, I guess maybe Kittle, but, I mean, we haven't really seen Kittle do that uh, recently. So um, – I just think that the floor at tight end is so low and the ceiling is also low outside of Gronk that, you know, getting Moreau, who's pretty, he's pretty likely to score double digit points um, without Darren Waller and no, you know, no Henry Ruggs and all that. So uh, yeah, I think 2,700 is, I'm just not going to overthink it. Why not? What about, uh, what about, what about 2,600 Ryan Griffin? No. <laughs> He, no. he does get the, the best matchup of the slate. He gets the Eagles. No. The Eagles are so bad. They allow 19.5 DK points. The next closest is the Raiders at 17.5. So, Ryan Griffin, he's seen four targets a game. You know, uh, it's only 2,600. So, I mean, really, since week nine, seven, two, four, and four targets. He's running a lot of routes 28 routes, 33 routes, 27 routes. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm yeah, just but ha- half his targets are thrown in the dirt or thrown out of bounds or thrown to the other team. He's seeing 6.6% of the air yards. Uh, I, I'm not playing a New York Jet. I went to my boy Keelan Cole last week, and I will not do it again. I've been down that road. Bad things happen when you play New York, New York Jets. Yeah. 
I'm not playing Ryan Griffin, but uh, <laughs> Logan Thomas, Logan Thomas of 4K is incredibly too cheap. Um, he was limited today, but I, it sounds like he should be good to go. Come back off the injury. Uh, he is somebody that we typically see uh, much more uh, expensive than this. I mean, earlier in the year, he was 46, 51, 47, 49. He doesn't really have a ceiling, but he's got one of the best floors on the slate. I mean, he pretty much scores double-digit fantasy points every single game. And he even just had a uh, he had a touchdown overturned that shouldn't have really been overturned this past week, and he would have scored 13 points. Yeah, well, and the Raiders uh, are, ter- are, are terrible against tight ends as well. Yeah. They have a lot 17 and a half uh dk points the position so i definitely think that the raiders is a or uh at 4k at his price his ceiling is pretty high as well especially if they don't have jd mckissick i think that hurts a little bit in terms of what they want to do and and dumping down to him and so i think that opens things up for him and even somebody like terry mclaurin um so i think his price tag at 4k is just too cheap and I, i like paying down for that um and then you know i'm gonna be honest uh, playing Brevin Jordan last week, and when he scored that touchdown, like that was one of the rare joys that I had last week. But he's only twenty five hundred. He scored last week. Uh, he's somebody that I've kind of been talking about. He now has double digit DK points in two of the last four weeks. He is a rookie tight end, so not a lot of people know who the hell he is. He's twenty five hundred. He gets the Colts. The Colts have been pretty really bad against the tight end as well this year, and so. I'm a, I'm going down that road again. I'm going to play a little bit of Brevin Jordan. He's getting he's getting involved. Uh, we've been seeing Jordan Atkins become healthy scratches because of jo- uh, Brevin Jordan. He played the he ran the most routes last week with 15. It's not a high number, uh, but he also played 60 percent of the snaps, which is the most he's played all year. 15 routes um, in that game, caught three balls, 23 yards, and a touchdown. Just, uh, you know, he's seeing red zone targets as well. So he, and he's only 2,500. So, leverage off of Foster. You're, you're going to be uh, on an island with that one, my friend. Hey, listen. I was so excited last week with Brevin Jordan because I talked about him, I think, even last week. and he's, Or no, I didn't talk about him last week because he didn't do a show. But I know I had been talking about him the week prior. And his usage is going up. It's going up. Okay? So, Brevin Jordan. Name. Hey, if you're down and you, know, you only got $2,600, $2,500 left in a lineup, just go to your tight end. Lock in Brevin Jordan. And when he scores a a tutty this week, I I guess the Colts again, thank me later. You know? And what if he scores a zero? It's totally possible. (laughs) That is pretty much a possibility, though, with with most tight ends. Right? It is. Yep. So at at 2,500, I mean, it's it's hard not to enjoy that. And out what uh, Jack Doyle as well, coming off his biggest game of the year. But Jack Doyle has quietly over the last three weeks really been, uh, gotten more involved. Uh, he's seen five targets in each of the last three weeks as well. Um, he was limited today with a knee, but it sounds like he should be good to go this week. But he's only 3,300 in a matchup against Houston too on the other side of that game. So, Anyways, I think that's kind of the, the, the tight ends that I really want to hit on. Is there anybody else you want to talk about? Nope, I'm good. All right. Defenses. We got the Rams at 4K, the Colts at 3,700, Eagles at 36, Bucks at 35, the the Cardinals at 34, the Ravens at 34, the Dolphins at 33, the Vikings at 32, the Chargers at 3K, the 49ers at 3K. So let's go down to where we live and let's. We got the Jaguars at 2,300, the Lions at 23, the Falcons at 24, the Texans at 24. Washington football team at 25 is kind of interesting. 
the Jets at 25, the Bears at 26, the Seahawks at 27, Giants 27, Raiders 27, Bengals at 28. I think that defense is easy if Kyler Murray doesn't play. I'm just going to play Chicago uh, at home against Colt McCoy. And if he does play, I'm going to play the ultimate leverage play because the Texans have actually been a, you know, a respectable pass defense this year. So as if, if they can somehow just bottle that run game and I'm, when I say bottle, I mean, don't give up, you know, barely give up a hundred yards and, and a touchdown, you know, to Jonathan Taylor to the point where, you know, if I'm fading him, I need, you know, I need him to not go absolutely nuclear. Uh, and if the te- Texans can just, you know, hold him down a little bit and, you know, keep that pass offense uh, from, from producing as well. I think they make sense at 2,400. And we've seen Wentz, you know, be very, very careless with the football when he does drop back to pass. So, uh, you know, random things can happen in football. And, you know, the Colts are one of the big bigger favorites this week. But 2,400 for Houston is probably where I'll end up if uh, Kyler Murray does play in that Arizona game. Yeah, I mean, Houston as well. I mean, they they're – Top 10, or was that top? What that one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, they're 10th and the sack rate on the year as well. So, with a six and a half, almost seven percent sack rate, or just a sack rate on the year, too. So, I don't, I don't mind that one either. Which, I mean, I played a lot of them last week against uh, the Jets because they were only what, what were they, 2300 or something insane last week yeah. or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't mind that at 2400. I, I, I think that is. Uh, not a bad spot to be at. I mean, past that, I think the Vikings, because they're not like incredibly expensive at 3,200, if I had the money to get there, the Vikings have been one of the better Justin Sackrate teams in the league. Um, and then the Chargers, I also think would make some sense because the, the Bengals offensive line is not very good. And we know that the, the Chargers can get to the, uh, the quarterback and they've been pretty, pretty decent against uh, the past this year as well. You know, they've been a, uh, very much of a run funnel uh, defense. So they're only 3,200 as well, uh, or excuse me, the Chargers are only 3K against Cincinnati. So I, I don't mind that either. I think they're, they're a defense we could target. But other than that, that's kind of where I sit for defenses this week. So if you don't have anything yeah. else to talk about, let's build this lineup. Oh, and by the way, I saw uh, Walido. I saw your comment in here. You said Cole Komet, 11 targets. Uh, here's the thing. The the Cardinals have been fucking excellent against the tight end. They, they have allowed the fewest DK points to the position this year. Let's go, Uzi. Another NBA DFS hit, 30K. Jesus, hell yeah. Let's go. I know. He was saying, he too, Uzi was talking a couple weeks ago and uh, said that I think he's won like like five or six he's taken down. That's awesome. Congrats, Uzi. That's what I'm on NFL. About. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Put some of it on NFL and withdraw most of it. So Uzi, the, who I mean, I I I pretty feel like this is this is tradition. Anytime somebody you know you, you take down a, uh, if you if you took it down, whose jersey are you buying? Yeah, you got to buy somebody's jersey. Yeah, I mean that's that's just tradition. You got to buy a jersey from. That's, how, that's why I own a Keel and Cole jersey. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only reason because of preseason DFS. So you had like an eighty-four yard touchdown or something. I was like, I, I, you know, I was like, he was point zero zero something percent owned, and I was like, I got, you know, I got to get his jersey. Well, good for you, Uzi. Good vibes. Yeah. That, 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 that's good that's vibes. Good vibes. Good. You know, so one of us is going to start taking something down this weekend. 
I will make it motherfucking rain. Okay, it'll be Christmas for everybody. Amen. Uh, Jewish Randall, basically, John, basically John is sitting out too. Oh yeah, that five minutes before log news that'll do it. Yeah, well, there you go. Get you a Randall jersey. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, so where are we starting? Um, I, I'm gonna assume Henderson's out, and let's go with Sonny Michelle. Derek, give us give it. Let's build this lineup, and I, I I did miss that. I apologize. We will come right back to it, but let's build this lineup real quick, Derek, and we will we will get that super chat. I, I apologize, but give us a couple of minutes, and we'll be done with this. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and lock in Justin Herbert at 6700. All right, and it's an easy stack for me, Keenan Allen. And go ahead and plug in the run back of Joe Mixon. I know you want to. Yep, that's exactly where my head was at. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to play my other very cheap guy in Foster Moreau. So we got him locked in. We got 5K at 51.75 remaining with two wide receivers, a flex, and a DST. Let's just go ahead and figure out where we can go. So I'm just going to go ahead and lock in the Texans. So that leaves 6,100 left with two wide receivers and a flex. Uh, I think it would be dumb to not have any Tampa Bay exposure against Atlanta. So Chris Godwin, 6,600, pretty please. All right, so we got 5,800 remaining. I can do a lot with this, especially down in this price range. Actually, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. We're going to do something we haven't done, uh, I don't think, all year. What's that? I'm going to play three running backs. Do it. Oh, I don't want to go. I mean, I mean I'm trying to decide if I want to go James Conner or Gibson. Uh, my vote would be Gibson between those two. Do that. I'm cool with either one of them. So we got Gibson in the flex. So that leaves you 6K for one wide receiver. Do we... Well, we're going to full stack it. That's what I was just... All right. So you might, as, might as well. I, I don't want to play. I mean, Renfro's fine, but if I'm playing Moreau, uh, I need some of that Renfro production to go to Moreau. Um, even though Moreau is only 2,700. You could, you could go away from Moreau and, uh, and go uh, Ryan Griffin. 2600. <laughs> I mean, no, either, I, either Renfro or Williams are fine there. I just side with Williams because we have Herbert at QB. Yeah. And I if, actually, if like we didn't one. have Herbert, I would, I would honestly say Renfro there because we would have a, a Washington Vegas stack with Gibson, Moreau, and Renfro. And that's one of the highest total games of the week. So I'd be cool with that too. But since Herbert's our QB, let's go, let's go, Mike Williams. That's that, that works. So we got Justin Herbert at 6,700, Sony Michelle at 43, Joe Mixon, uh, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, Boston Moreau, Antonio Gibson, and the Texans D with uh, $300 salary remaining. I like this lineup quite a bit. I think it's pretty contrarian. We don't have the, you know, the Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup in this lineup, and we're targeting one of the top slates, uh, top plays, top games, Jesus, <laughs> on the slate. So, anyways. Just like I promised, Derek, let's get back to your uh, your super chat. I re- truly appreciate it. I apologize for missing this. And one of my legs, I traded Waller before he went down. And right before the trade deadline, I traded Thielen for Mark Andrews. My wide receivers are DK, D-Hop, Gallup, Rinfro, and Sutton, Van Jefferson, and Gage. Nice. Sounds like you made the move just at the right time. Uh, yes, for sure. Because he got Mark Andrews back in return. And, and he already has... started. Did he say, oh, I guess, I guess he didn't say if he started Gallup. Yeah, he said he he didn't start Pollard, right? He 
He started. The yeah, defense. he sat Pollard. He didn't say. He started Gallup. Derek, Gallup are you scored. are you a Cowboys fan, Derek? With your with like the, the Gallup, the Pollard, and the the uh, Cowboys D. But no, I th- I, th- I think that's uh that's that's good work. Trade Thielen for Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews uh, obviously is the main target for for Lamar Jackson. And then, you know, if you get, if DF can come back healthy, I mean, this is a really strong wide receiver core, especially with, I mean, Renfro's played very well. Van Jefferson's played, played well. I think Gage is a decent, you know, flex option, but I don't think with the wide receivers you have. So I don't know who you have at, uh, at running back, but I think this is a pretty solid lineup at least. Yeah. So I don't know how, how long, can figure it out. And I don't know how long Darren Waller is going to be out. I mean, it sounds like it's a minor injury because it's, it's not going to fix itself. It's not something that's going to heal itself. So I don't know. Um, I don't know if this something they're just going to give him like a week off and see if he can come back, but I don't know. So I think that was a really smart move uh, for him because, I mean, it's possible that they could end up having to shut him down. I don't know. We'll see on Darren Waller. So you, you uh, dodged a bullet on that one. Yep. Packers fan. Oh, okay. You're a Packers fan, but Cowboys are my second team. Okay. It's two good teams to like for fantasy purposes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers next year. If he uh, gets the boot or not boot, but he gets the trade, which there's, there's so many teams. I was thinking about this earlier. There's so many teams that need a quarterback next year. The Raiders are probably going to be in search for a quarterback. The Broncos are going to be looking for a quarterback. The Panthers are going to be looking for a quarterback. Denver would be nasty if they had a quarterback. Yeah. If you, uh, if you put Aaron Rodgers on that team, they're a Super Bowl contender. But I think Pitt, Pittsburgh is definitely – Pittsburgh has so many good pieces on that team. If you could put Aaron Rodgers, who we know Aaron Rodgers loves Mike Tomlin. He's talked about how much he loves him as a coach. And you know, Dude, I uh, would love Claypool to play with Aaron Rodgers. Could you imagine Aaron Rodgers with Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Patty Fry, Najee Harris? Like, that offense would be fucking nasty with that defense. It would defense. be very good. And, you know, with T- a healthy T.J. Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick. Man, I mean, Claypool would break shit if he played with Aaron Rodgers. I know. And they're, they're a team that's built. Like, so they're the perfect team that I can see trading for him. Same thing with Denver. Because Denver, I mean, their offense is ready-made with Jerry Judy and Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton. They re-signed Tim Patrick, Javante Williams. I mean, that offense is going to be great, too. And so, I mean, but they're going to be looking for a quarterback. We're going to have to see what Car- Carolina is going to be looking for a quarterback. I mean, there's so many teams that are looking for a quarterback next year. Um, get out of here, Walido. Rogers with Trey Quan Smith, Marcus Callaway, and a little oh, short God. But we'll have to see, too, because Russell Wilson sounds like he could be – I mean, he may want out finally. He may be done and fed up. Uh, he, his body language does not look like somebody that really is, like, happy with the situation that he's in. Um, it's, it's a shame because, I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but – uh, you know, it's just they continue to play this. It's been the same team, the same offense for years, years there. Because Pete Carroll is a fake sharp. He always has been. Yeah. And he's rode the coattails of, of Russell Wilson. And yep. so, I mean, that's been the problem there. But anyways, we're going on too long on this. There's just going to be – this offseason is going to be so much fun. I don't know if you've looked. I mean, there's an incredible amount of wide receivers that are going to be available too. Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin. Um, Allen Robinson. I know Allen Robinson doesn't carry the same uh, weight, but I think he's fine. I think I think this has been a business decision year for him. Of like, you know, I'm not getting hurt. I'm out of here. I don't want to play in Chicago anymore. You guys force me to come back. He somebody's going to pick him up next year and be very happy with him and probably get a discount on him. Hello, Kansas City, Brett Veach. If you're listening to this, <laughs> you are, uh, check him out. But anyways, but the, anyways, that being said, 
there's this offseason is gonna be a lot of fun, but we're not worried about the offseason yet. We still have, you know, what five or six weeks left to the regular season. We still have fans or NFL playoffs, which is one of my favorite time. Oh shit, didn't notice by the lineup is 10th. Good day. If I hit a milli in NFL, I'm taking TFA. Let's go, Uzi. <laughs> Let's go, Uzi. Hey, good for you, bro. Love see. I love, love, love see people uh do well, Uzi. And you have uh you know been uh, on a little bit of a heater with NBA. So I would I so wish I could play. I love playing NBA DFS. It's so much fun to play, but I do not have the time. To sit yeah, there and yeah, there you have to pay attention to the news and be able to make adjustments when Giannis is ruled out five minutes before luck. Yeah, I just don't have that time. And like yeah. with two kids, one that's only one, I just don't have the time. So yep. hats off to you, you keep crushing. And hey, let's go to Vegas. You know, we could go to we could plan a, a draft party next year. All, TFA could go. We'll all go out there. Big, 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 good time. Well, let's have a great time. You know, rent a suite or something and just live it up. Live it up. I'll be dead by the end of the weekend, but it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> so, oh, anyways, Uzi, good for you. Proud to see that. But let's get out of here. Let's wrap this thing up. I appreciate everybody checking out the show. Like I said, jump into the Discord if you're not already. It's absolutely free. Uh, links are all in the description below. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it if you listen to this on podcast. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button for future content. And let's, hey, let's be like Uzi this week. Let's all, let's all be. We're all beacon championships this week. Christmas is only a couple of weeks away. So I hope everybody has a great week. Maddie, let's let's get let's let's get back on track. We're we are going to crush this week. I feel it. I think this lineup that we create is going to be excellent. So let's all have a great week 13. We'll catch you on the next one. We out. Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to But you better get used to the way the war bounce I see what you got It measures it out But that's a break, boy Big man, <laughs> treat you like you're a little man.
tell me what to do You know who you're talking to Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.